Hello, and welcome back to the Connect You podcast, where we talk about health, life, and feelings to connect to a better you. In this episode, we're going to talk about creating a meal plan, which is something that Ty and his wife are very good at with having a kid. And then with myself being in the fitness industry and training for about 10 years now, I also have to come up with meal plans, fitness plans, all that kind of stuff before I actually got into training clients myself. Now I help them create their own meal plan. Yeah, so happy Wednesday, everyone. We're going to talk a little bit about some various do's and don'ts of meal planning and just how to make it a little bit easier on yourself, maybe why you should make a meal plan. That's probably a good place to start. So why do you like to plan your meals? Saves time. Yeah. Saves time at home, saves time when you're going to the grocery store. You know exactly what you need, probably made it before, so you know exactly where you need to go. And I don't want to sit in the grocery store forever. I just, I want to get back home. I actually want it that I have. (laughs) And it helps you stay consistent. So me personally, I like to have the same meals very regularly throughout the week. So rice is a staple for me. I love rice and it fills me up too. Some people prefer potatoes. And if you're a potato type of person, you can definitely interchange them. And then veggies is a big thing for me too. I'll buy a tray of pre-cut veggies. And we talked about this before where you said, if I had cut up veggies oh man (laughs) and didn't have to do it myself i would eat that all the time absolutely that'd be my go-to snack if i could just always have a veggie tray in front of me i'd be the healthiest person in the world yeah and i'm the same way and if it's if the veggies are cut there's a good chance i'm gonna reach for that first before i'm reaching for anything else in the pantry which is like cookies chip right on planning is also better than react yeah so that's one thing that i really believe in the sense that it's always better to have a plan. So when my wife and I sit down and do our meal plan for the month, we usually just take a calendar out, write out our main events, a lot the same as I talked about last time with my workout schedule, write days that we're not going to be home or we have company coming over so we know it'll be something outside the normal plan, all those types of things. We block those off and then go through and yeah, it's essentially just working through dishes we eat on a regular basis. We have an eight-year-old, so it's a lot of the meals that she will eat or not complain too much about. And once we have our plan figured out, then it's just kind of go through, break that down into its component parts, figure out what we need for groceries. Saves a lot of money, saves a lot of time, and then makes it pretty foolproof when it comes to every night, just figuring out what you're going to make. It also really helps you utilize what you have for leftovers and that sort of thing. You know what's going to be in the fridge and what's ready to go, and... Yeah, I really like it because there's nothing worse than that. Getting home at the end of the day of work, both my wife and I work, and then having to decide, like, what am I going to cook? That's an awful feeling. I don't think anybody likes that. It's also how you definitely fall into the habit of going to get fast food or getting delivery, takeout, whatever. So, which, I mean, let's be real. Those are never the healthy option as compared to cooking for yourself, unless you're hilariously bad at cooking for yourself. So if you can avoid... Falling into those kind of pitfalls, having a plan, having everything ready to go. You know you're having chicken on Monday night, so before you leave for work, you take the chicken out. When you get home, if you have thawed chicken, you're not going to just ignore it and order pizza, probably. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny that you say it's more healthy to cook yourself sometimes. If you're taking something out of the box, like a pizza or something like that, and that's your version of cooking, probably not healthy that way. But I can't judge because... Today, pizza's not in my plan. I wanted pizza today though, so I went to the grocery store and I bought a bunch of veggies and I bought everything that I needed that is considered healthy foods. And I also bought a pizza because 
it was something that I wanted. And this morning I ate a bunch of veggies. I had a veggie tray from this weekend. Oh, yeah. I just ate all the veggies that were in there basically. And that's all I ate today. So I looked at the breakdown. So the macro breakdown. So protein, carbs, fats on the box to see how many calories were in like a quarter of the pizza. That's exactly what it displays is one quarter of the pizza. And luckily it fits right into my macros quite perfect that I have set up for myself. And that's why for me, I wanted that food, but I looked at the label to make sure. And I probably went through five different versions of pizza to see which one I could make work. And I think that's something when you're creating a meal plan that you can think about, maybe not for you as much, but for me having a goal, like a fitness goal or even a nutrition goal, like for my body and everything and clients of mine, same kind of thing. And for yourself, if you have it out there, then finding foods that fit within that breakdown, no matter what it is, because if it's pizza, yet it fits into your breakdown, can you call that bad now? Yeah, definitely not as bad as ordering an entire family bucket from KFC and eating it to yourself. And I mean, I think the important thing too is if you do end up having that cheat meal, don't just go down a KFC spiral and eat it every day for a week. That's yeah. a pretty big one. If you do happen to eat too much, after this weekend, the Canada Day weekend party, there's food, there's alcohol, there's, yeah, some walking, maybe running, some like... <laughs> Light activity. <laughs> but it's important not to stress about that stuff because especially if you know something like that's coming up. So with you, I like how you add when there's events yeah. happening. So then, yeah, it's kind of pre-planned where you say, hey, this is the food that's going to be here and then bring other stuff if you want. And there was fruit tray, there's a veggie tray, there's, I think, a couple of bags of chips and pulled pork, right? Yeah. Uh, for the tacos. But usually there's a lot more food than that junk food type stuff yeah where there's like cookies and dunkaroo dip yeah oh man and just a bunch of other like junk foody stuff more chips more chocolate like all of that kind of stuff but when you can plan that kind of stuff and i planned for it where i was like okay i know this is going to be a heavier day carb wise i didn't eat in the morning i didn't eat when I got there and I just had like veggies in there. I stuck pretty good with that until the pulled pork tacos were ready to go. Alcohol came first, then food after uh, alcohol that. Alcohol came kind of all throughout. Yeah. So then we had the pulled pork tacos, super good. And I wasn't worried where my carbs, where protein and that stuff was on that point. Cause I knew the next day I would probably go to McDonald's and I'd get a semi-healthy option of a double McChicken burger. Mm. Yeah. And I always like to designing my own, I guess, where I will go to the kiosk and just program exactly what I want on my chicken burger. So remove the mayo, add another patty onto there, and then same kind of lettuce, the bun. And then that's what I got. And then I got a diet pop because diet. a little health, a little less sugar, anyway. <laughs> a, little less, a little less sugar, no calories. But I didn't stress. And that's something that I think happens a lot. And that's something that happened to me before a lot was I'd go to events and I'd freak out because it's like all of this crazy awesome food that you just want to eat that whole night because maybe you haven't ate that cake or whatever and it's fine to do that one day and then the next day or maybe a couple of days or whatever it's going to be just know that when you get back to your house or wherever you're going to be staying that you can have your planned food 
Start having that planned food and have it ready in the fridge for you. Don't come home and then need to go to the grocery store <laughs> yeah. and then make that food. Instead, if you are usually making food on Sundays, but you're not going to be home until Sunday, maybe cook on that Saturday morning or the Friday and have that food ready for you on the Sunday. Because the last thing that you want to do after driving from somewhere after a late night or whatever is to go grocery shopping because you're going to probably buy some awful food that's quick but yeah. foods that aren't according to what you originally had planned yeah that's why i like to have a plan in place and it's a little bit to what we talked about in our procrastination episode i think where it's about knowing your own sort of shortcomings knowing where you're gonna slip up and yeah if it comes down to like me having to go grocery shopping on a sunday evening after an event and after me like driving home and everything like that yeah it's either going to be garbage or it's going to be just hitting the mcdonald's drive-thru and calling it a day so i think yeah it's pretty important to know what days are going to be your write-off but not let that write off your entire month <laughs> or year or year yeah <laughs> you, things can really snowball so yeah yeah well one bad day doesn't mean you have to have a bad week or a bad month so have those guilt-free times and enjoy whatever you're going to enjoy on that day and then just get back on schedule afterwards because realistically it's not those half dozen days in a year that are going to be problematic for you it's slipping up on a daily basis that i think is going to be the problems or having that extra hundred calories a day that you don't right yeah and it's consistency over perfection so when you slip into that oh i need to be perfect you're gonna go one way or another on the spectrum i think because you're either going to go to a point where you're not having the foods that you enjoy and just perfectly trying to hit everything every single time. You're probably not going to enjoy life as much because when you go to an event, if everybody else is having foods and drinking or whatever the case is, and if you're not the one doing that, you can feel kind of left out. Yeah. Or you're on the other end of that where you're perfect for a day, two days, three days. But then for the next four or five days, because you restricted yourself so much, you're basically just going for it and eating too much day after day. And it's harder to get back on track. And that's a mindset piece, I think, too, right? Where it's you got to find that balance for yourself of what's too much, what's not enough. And can I still enjoy foods that I like? Yeah, and food is a very social thing in lots of cultures, in lots of friend groups. It's a really social thing. You go out for food with friends or you go over to someone's house for a potluck or a barbecue. I love food. I really enjoy eating. And if my life was restricting out all the things I really enjoy, it would be a much lower quality of life for me. Which is why I think it's really important that you always tell your clients when they're making a meal plan to include foods they like and to account for those and plan for those. Whether or not that food you like is healthy or unhealthy, food that you like, you are going to eat, which the the plan you follow is the best plan, right? Well, and it's if you have foods you enjoy, when you have foods that maybe you don't enjoy as much, you still have something to look forward to when that comes up. So one thing that I ask every single client is what are snack foods you like? like do you like junk food? And some of them are like, no, nah, I don't really eat junk food. But some of them will be... Instead, it'll be popcorn and ghee. Love popcorn. Yeah. And a lot of times I have a client who that's what they told me. And I was like, okay, cool. Do you eat that semi-regularly? Like, when does that happen? They're like, yeah, maybe. But 
they also said, oh, but it's not so healthy or whatever. I'm like, yeah, okay, it's included in your plan. So here's your meal plan. You get to have that every single day. And by get to have that, I mean, you need to have that to fulfill your numbers. <laughs> we're, we're planning for that. If, if you skip that, you're low on calories, you're starving. <laughs> well, not starving, but you're definitely missing on that. Right? Yeah. And that's every time I've asked clients that and my personal trainer asked me the same thing was you can eat whatever you want as long as it fits into this macro calorie breakdown right and if you eat ice cream put ice cream in there just make sure that it's like two scoops or three scoops or how many ever scoops and that it still fits in your oh it's cute that you count ice cream by the scoop i'm like was it one pint was it two was it just a whole carton um and then just to so everyone knows uh macros that's like your your fats your carbs and your proteins, right? Yeah. So it's having that really helps with your consistency. So having that snacky type food and whatever that it is, if you love chocolate bars or you love chocolate, have it. I don't think there's, it doesn't make a difference. It's not in the long run. If it helps you eat more veggies and eat the like, whole foods better and more consistently, then have that chocolate bar at night. If you like Mars bars, have Mars bars. Oh, Snickers are better. But so the thing I think too with that is if you're going to have that chocolate bar, have that chocolate bar, but make sure it's accounted for and it's in your plan because having a plan and then also having that chocolate bar, that's very likely going to be the difference between losing weight and gaining weight over the course of a week or whatever, right? Yeah. So if you're having that every day and let's say, I don't know how many calories in a chocolate bar. But 230, give or take. <laughs> okay so let's just round that up to 250 250 say yep yeah so let's say you have a chocolate bar along with your plan so that's 250 extra calories every single day that equates to 500 two days four days is a thousand so you're at so that's it's like you just added a, an extra half day or three quarters of a day into your plan <laughs> yeah. yeah so you're basically adding like another meal into your week based off that and it's for every pound of fat it's what is it 3500 calories around there yeah science so, wise that's right so because i mean they say that if you're running a 250 calorie deficit that's like a pound a week loss or whatever it is but I mean, you, you can imagine that if it's the difference between you losing or breaking even, if you're not accounting for that. And I mean, not always chocolate bars, goes for everything, goes for the cream in your coffee or that snack you have or that probably not that veggie tray you power down every day, but you never know. Yeah, it depends what kind of veggies. But yeah, so creating a plan, it's going to help you stay consistent and not go crazy. And I think that's something to stress the importance of food. Is meant to be enjoyed right yeah not to stress you out over and I've had clients I've had friends and family who talk about their like relationship with food and some have like that love-hate relationship some are they're in love with food they can manage it and I found that when you're wanting to lose weight food becomes such a I guess burden on your days because when you're leaving work, what do you think? Food, always. Yeah. And then when you get home? Also food. And then when you're about to go to bed? Still food. Yeah. I love food. <laughs> and that can not help your results or for you reaching goals because what can happen is you develop a bad relationship with food where you just stop eating it thinking that the lower your calories are going to be, the more weight that you're going to lose. But the flip side of that is you're missing out on nutrients. You're missing out on like filling your body with what it needs to function properly. And yeah, you could lose tons of weight in a month or even in a couple of weeks. 
but if you're sacrificing the what your body needs then you run a risk of other things right getting sick more often not being able to sleep properly not being able to work out and even if you're able to do that for a month two months burning the candle from both ends just it's not healthy and it's not long term you can't do that forever yeah, where that's true. If you create a meal plan that suits whatever your goal is, so if you're wanting to lose weight, you can definitely do that. And as you mentioned, you can do it at 250 calories down every day. If you're looking at more of the aggressive side of things, you can even lower it down by about 500 and then making sure that you're doing that as safely as possible, which is eating whole foods, not going out to fast food restaurants every single day, although you can, but I wrote an article before about ultra processed foods, yeah. which would fall into that category and it talked about how there was 10 men 10 women who two weeks of their diet was ultra processed two weeks of their diet was minimal processed and each day they ate i believe it was about 250 to 300 more calories per day on the ultra processed than when they ate whole foods that were minimal right yeah i can believe it i mean fast food in general is really great at getting calories into you for as cheaply as possible not awesome at making you feel full in a good way and not awesome at getting nutrients into you so that's one more reason to make a plan so that you're not just saying ah well we'll just hit the drive and affordability is a big thing when it comes to a meal plan and i think we can also add that into the why create one is yeah one thing that i heard consistently when i was thinking of eating healthier food and even when i went to grocery stores it can be more expensive when you're doing that going out to fast food places though all the time i feel gets more expensive because as you said you're eating more because it's not filling you up as much where yeah. If you're buying those whole foods, you're cooking things, making meals and everything, you're going to feel more full on probably less cost. Yeah, absolutely. And so when we make our meal plan, I'm usually off on Wednesdays, which it just gets written on the meal plan as Thai cooks on Wednesdays. And a lot of those times I really enjoy cooking. I like cooking almost as much as I like eating. So... On those days, I get to do whatever I want and make some meal. I really enjoy making pasta from scratch and that sort of thing. But if I go to the grocery store on those days to shop specifically for that meal, it's amazing how much more I can spend on just like one meal as compared to when we plan out our whole month and do it that way. Like if our whole month ends up being three, $400 worth of groceries, I can spend 25 to 50 on just a meal because... I don't have a plan. I don't have the ingredients I need. And if I need, you know, like two eggs, I'm buying a carton. If I need, you know, a cup of flour, I'm buying five pounds, whatever. Just that sort of thing, the way it goes when you're not taking advantage of buying things kind of in quantity and planning them out for various meals. So I really like having a plan because it just works out so much better in saving that time and money. Well, I'm planning out your meals in a way that's going to play to your strengths. And what I mean by that is you like to cook. Yeah. I hate cooking. Yep. And any Thing that's quick so you will probably see in my cupboard three boxes of minute rice because it takes just minutes to literally make literally minutes and i buy the bags of veggies i can put them into a container toss it some water in there put it in the microwave spin it for 10 minutes in the microwave and that's ready to go yeah chicken takes a little more time to prep a little more time to cook but i just start that earlier and do dishes or whatever else i need to at that point and i do things in bulk so i will eat the same meal three four five days in a row 
I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah, which, I mean, that's a great thing if it turns out that you are okay with that. Maybe not even for supper, but like for lunches, for example. If you find that you're the kind of person that can sit down and chow down on the same thing like every day at noon or whatever, it makes it really easy to plan that out and to, like I said, take advantage of some bulk savings and or in your case take advantage of some bulk prep and just being like all right i'm doing a dozen chicken breasts all at once and that'll be two a day for six days or whatever so makes it really easy and sometimes you know if you add some variety into your breakfast and some variety into your supper it's a lot easier to have the same thing every day for lunch so you can kind of make it work that way yeah well and other things that i talked about with my client bringing up breakfast is I don't eat breakfast. I'm not a big breakfast guy. I had a waffle at your place and that was super good. And I love breakfast food. Don't get me wrong. I would just prefer to have it later on. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. Brunch is where it's at for sure. But yeah, I'm brunch, more about a yeah. one, <laughs> one o'clock, 1 PM type guy yeah, for yeah. breakfast. But I always ask clients, give me a meal, like what you eat in a day or a week or whatever. It's kind of consistent for you. And something that they bring up is whether they eat breakfast or they don't eat breakfast and the timing for breakfast and timing for other meals. And I don't care when people eat. It's all calories, right? Yeah, your body can't tell one way or another. It's not like, oh, it's 11 p.m. You're having this popcorn. We usually have it at eight. So we're going to increase the calories of this popcorn by 100 to 200 calories. It's not how that works. People really like to argue about that too. That That's cool. But calories are calories. They go into your body. And breakfast is a topic that gets brought up quite a bit. And when I tell people I don't eat breakfast, they look at me like I'm just crazy. <laughs> I haven't had breakfast or been able to consistently eat breakfast since I was probably 15, 16. And the reason I had it before was because I don't know if you remember at the time, but there's this massive craze about how breakfast is the most important and you need to eat it and you have to have either like whole grains or whatever the case is and just like yep. so much advertising out for that on TV, radio, Everywhere. was the internet around that yeah maybe sort of (laughs) i don't remember us actually having it at that early stage but yeah it was basically everywhere and that's a reason why for me i have gastroesophageal reflux which sometimes stops me from eating breakfast just because if i eat it it's not going to be okay right so i had that since i remember and it wasn't so well known before. So breakfast was just, that's what you did at my house was- This is what you do. (laughs) And it's the most important meal of the day. If you don't have it, you're gonna feel super sluggish. You're gonna be tired. You're gonna be this right. Thing, the next oh day. yeah, you're, yeah. We've all you're not gonna that. be healthy. It's how it fuels your body for the day, right? Yeah, yeah. your metabolism speeds up because of breakfast, and I can right. go on magic forever. Breakfast is magic. Eat 17 eggs and a pound of bacon, four loaves of toast. But breakfast to me is just breaking the fast. That's exactly what it is. Right. It, so if you have breakfast at 7 a.m. and that's and you enjoy it, and it's within your macro breakdown, so what your body needs for that day and you won't go over when you eat lunch and supper or those snacks cool you do it because as i said i love breakfast food i just have to have it later and i have clients who told me that oh i don't eat breakfast and then put i know that's bad Uh, yeah it's like we're also actually supposed to feel guilty that we don't eat breakfast too now right like we've all just been trained (laughs) or eating like three meals a day or whatever the case is oh yeah that's another thing is if you want to eat three meals a day cool I have two. I usually have like a snack of veggie at some point with veggies with my meals as well. 
But if you have two, if you have one, if you have seven, I don't care. Calories in, calories out, meal plan, plan for that kind of stuff. But just know that enjoy the food that you're eating. Don't stress if you don't eat breakfast. You're not a bad person. It doesn't change who you are. And it doesn't mean that somebody can tell you one way or another that you're doing something right or you're doing it wrong. And if somebody does tell you, because I get told this all the time, I tell them, okay, cool. Yep. Awesome. All right, I'll make that change immediately in my life. Cool. (laughs) I actually don't because I I don't like lying. So I just, but I tell people, I get why breakfast is important. I get why you want to have that. For me, these are my reasons why I don't have it. And I have looked into research in regards to it just because I, I have to for my job. And I wanted to make sure when I made my switch when I was younger that I had the facts because let's say that breakfast was so important for your body in the morning you needed to have it to be healthier then I would find a way to do it but I didn't find any research that like actually definitively said that this makes you a better breakfast equals healthy yeah that exists so let's talk a little bit about counting your your macros and your calories in a day And also, I think just as important, tracking your water. So let's all take a break right now. Go drink some water because guaranteed you have not drank enough water. And I think that really plays a huge part in what your body thinks of as hunger and having just a healthy diet. So take a break, drink some water, and then let's talk a little bit about tracking what you're putting into your body. Yeah, let's just take a pause for them to do that. Water break. We'll wait. All right. All right. You should have already had water right beside you. That was a trick. So do you remember how much water you should be drinking in a day or how you can tell that you've drank enough water? Yeah. So I've heard all kinds of facts and like, it's this weight divided by that times ounces or it's this many grams per... If you're peeing clear and often, you're doing good. Yeah. So four to six times clear liquids. Four to six times an hour because that's... Yeah. That's about how many times I... Four to six times per day. Yeah. I I mean, that's the best way to do it. It's an easy way to tell what's going on. Uh, It doesn't involve any math, which is also pretty cool. And yeah, it's your body's own way of telling you because everyone's going to be a little bit different. Your diet plays a big part in that. A lot of foods have water in them or some type of liquidy moisture business. And some are going to have more than others. So it takes some crazy calculation to figure all that out accurately. Your body will tell you. Your body will do that math for you and let you know if you're having enough water. So that's, I think, the easiest thing pretty much anyone can fix. I mean, if you have access to this podcast, you probably have access to clean drinking water. You need to put more of it in you. It sucks. I hate drinking water. I really don't like it. But I feel better when I do, and I know that it's really important, and I just make a point. Marcus, you've said before that you set reminders on your phone to remind you to drink water. I, you know, try and keep a water bottle with me at all the times that I'm about. Driving is a big one for me. I drive, you know, two hours a day minimum. So I make sure that whenever I'm about to get into my car for any amount of time, I have a water bottle full and ready to go with me because driving's kind of boring, so it's really easy just to sit there and drink water. Yeah, put it in you. So that's important. Make sure you do that. That's step number one in any kind of diet, fitness, health plan, I think, is making sure that you're taking in enough of that. So now that you've all taken your water drink, let's talk a little bit about tracking the food portion of what you're putting into your body. What do you do when you're tracking that? Or what do you recommend your clients do? I always recommend a tracking app. Okay. So... I always recommend, it's called Mike's Macros. So my personal trainer created a macros app and it's super simple to use. It has 
pre-logged food in there, I don't use that as much just because it's more based on averages. And for me, I look at labels, I know my portions, that kind of stuff. But I tell people get a tracking app. So Mike's Macros or MyFitnessPal is super popular. Yep. And there's quite a few others that I don't know. I just know of those two. But MyFitnessPal, I find can be pretty confusing and a lot of button pushes and yeah, searching it's... because there's so much data in there. It's, yeah, it's almost a bit overwhelming. I mean, it's maybe a great place to start to get kind of a baseline idea. The other thing, talking about super important to get a baseline idea, is a food scale. They're like 10 bucks to get a digital scale, and chances are good you're eating too much of everything because everyone is eating too much of everything because we have no idea what portions are because of aforementioned fast food restaurants probably. So it's not something that I recommend you like throw in your purse and carry around for every meal, but get an idea weigh out some stuff, figure out what a portion is, whether it be of chicken or pork or rice, and get an idea of what those grams or ounces look like and have that kind of stick in your brain because chances are good you're eating a little bit too big of portions of everything because I think most people are. Yeah, and one thing that I tell clients is to use the scale just to get an idea. And I, if you want to do that forever, you can do that forever, but it's definitely not needed. Do it for two weeks to a month though. And one thing that I like to do and tell people to do is when you weigh your food, so you're weighing it raw, you're not weighing it cooked. So you weigh your food, so plate, zero out the scale. And then once it's on there, when you get what you want, so if you want like four ounces, five ounces, six ounces of chicken breast, whatever you want, once you get that, measure it with your fist. Right. Okay, cool. Oh, this many ounces is the size of my fist, and then depth-wise is down to, like, where my thumbs Right, yeah. Just some form of reference that you're going to have with you at all times. You probably don't need to, like, inches and millimeters it, because when you're out for dinner, you're not going to have a measuring tape. But yeah, measure it against a really handy part of your body that all of us should probably have, like a fist, and that'll give you a good baseline to figure out what that looks like. Yeah, and you can do fist, some people say palm, and then thumb for certain ingredients. So you can do all of that stuff. So then when you do go to restaurants and places like that, you'll get a pretty good idea. So using a food scale, great idea. Yeah, it's just a good kind of starting point to help get your brain in the right area and let you know where you should be at. Yeah, and I still use one. I'm pretty good at eyeballing things, but there's certain things where maybe I just don't want to eyeball it at that point and I'm like oh maybe I should like recalibrate and get used to that again so I'll spend time doing that and another thing for this and I talked about this in the article before I think it was for like Christmas dinner or something like that oh yeah yeah if you're worried about portion sizes get a smaller plate yeah that's a uh, pretty good tip it's super easy and yeah, if you're at home and all your plates are like those giant charger plates and you're just filling that thing up with anything other than veggies, you're eating too much. And it's a good tip. Another good one is just like wait 20 minutes before you get a second helping of anything. Your body takes a little bit of time to figure out that it's full. Also, maybe if you've had a meal and you're still a bit hungry, drink some water because you need to drink some more water. And a lot of time your body interprets thirst as hunger and that emptiness, you're just like, oh, I should just fill that with mashed potatoes. No, drink some water. It's important. Yeah, and veggies. So yes. when you have veggies on your plate, do you have an idea of how you portion your plate? So what I mean by that is, let's say you have the protein, carbs, 
and then veggies, which are carbs, but... Yeah, special carbs. I've heard that it should be half your plate. Is that right? Half that thing should be veggies. The other half should be butter. Oh, wait, sorry, your other stuff? Yeah, I do that. And if you have half your plate of veggies, and let's say it's heaping a bit, then your chances are, if you do that for all of your meals, probably set for veggies. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing I've heard as the best health tip is just change nothing else, eat more vegetables, and you will be healthy. It maybe won't be magic, you maybe won't get superpowers, but you will undeniably be healthier because much like not enough water, we all don't quite get enough vegetables. Yeah, and a lot of times when I see people's plates, it's three quarters full of carby type stuff. Yeah. And like heavy duty carbs. And then the protein source is like the quarter of the plate. And then somewhere on there, there's going to be a hodgepodge of veggies. <laughs> if you look really close, you can find the veggies. Yeah. So I think that's pretty important is just really make sure you're kind of doubling down on vegetables. And I mean, like we said before, it kind of falls into the thing of include foods you like. So, I mean, you don't have to be choking down kale for every meal. If you hate it, find a vegetable you like. Do sometimes maybe be careful with some of the more carb-heavy vegetables like corn and carrots and that sort of thing. Get some green stuff in you, but try some different things. See what you like. Vegetables you can be pretty flexible with. I imagine you've had the spaghetti squash instead of pasta or the zucchini noodles or whatever. So there's some things you can get creative with vegetables and get them into you in different ways rather than just having to have that salad or whatever. Well, and you can, don't be afraid to add spices, add dressings, that kind of stuff. Yeah, you need to pay attention to like portions and everything. Spices, I don't, I tell everybody, don't even worry about spices or tracking. I don't even know how you would do that really. It's probably negligible as far as the amounts that it contributes to anything, unless you're putting half a cup of salt on everything, but yeah. Yeah. Something that I like to do is put broccoli onto a pan and just space it out a bit put some oil on there and then sprinkle some salt and pepper on top, put that in the oven and just let that crisp up. Oh yeah. I'd have that all day, every day. Yeah. And And broccoli's green, so it's super good for you. Yeah. And I wouldn't worry too much about raw versus cook because yes, you will lose nutrients and veggies, but don't worry as much about that stuff. Don't worry about like dressing. Just don't have more dressing than you have veggies. Just light layer on there. And you can actually make some pretty decent vinaigrettes. And it's super quick to make that kind of stuff. So just mix it up, put it on your salad. And there you go. Yeah, basically, if it's going to get you to eat more vegetables, it's probably a net positive gain on that, right? Yeah. And then same thing with water. I don't drink plain water. Okay. When I work out, I do, but every other time I put the liquid drink mix. Oh, yeah. Yep. Or I'll have carbonated water because I have a soda stream anyways. Yeah. Which I still put liquid drink mix in. Okay. And it has a bit of sodium in it, but there's no calories. Right. If you needed to do that just to increase your water intake, make it happen. Yeah. I know I've heard people too argue against aspartame and your artificial sweeteners and everything like that. If it's... The difference between drinking two liters of water in a day and drinking zero liters of water in a day, a little bit of aspartame is not going to be like a net detriment to you. It's you're coming out better off if you're drinking more water, whatever it takes to get you. Agreed. All right. So just a little recap on why you would want a meal plan and how to meal plan. Why you would want a meal plan. There's a lot of great reasons. Time saving, money saving, planning just to help you reach your nutrition goals. And so that you can just have a little bit better control over what you're eating and 
why you're eating it, which I think is really important. Keeping you from just falling into some bad habits that can come with food, throwing junk into your body and that sort of thing. So it's very important to have a good sense of what you're eating and how that's benefiting you or where you're kind of running into troubles. How to do it well is the most important thing is include foods you like. The best plan in the world isn't going to help you if it's just all kale and disgusting every day and you decide to throw it away and eat McDonald's. So don't stress if you have a bad day. Just make sure you get back on track as soon as you can. And remember that it's all about consistency over perfection. Yeah, exactly. And if you like cooking, cook great meals. Yeah, play to your strengths. If you hate cooking, do a big like batch meal prep and plan that on a day when you have a bit of downtime and then you can get your whole week kind of ready to go free up some time during the week. Yeah. With that, we are at the end of the episode for the Connect You podcast. So thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next week. Awesome. Thank you.